0: KCBS Radio, original podcasts.
1: A highly anticipated musical revival is coming to San Francisco
2: the way is a, a story told through um, all black people, but it's a story that's universal for everyone.
1: And KCBS Radio's Megan Goldsby was there at the Golden Gate Theater to hear from the stars set to stud the stage next year. I'm Mallory Sumera, and this is Bay Current.
2: I think people are leaning into stories like this. They're leaning into the differences, you know. Um, I think it's through our differences that we find universality.
1: The Wiz broke ground in 1975, changing the face of Broadway. The soul gospel 70s funk take on The Wizard of Oz and Dorothy's journey to find her place in a contemporary world ended up a Tony Award-winning Best Musical. Now, almost 50 years later, it's back on stage with its first limited-run Broadway-bound tour in 40 years, starting in Baltimore, where it all began. And in January and February of next year, which is unbelievably just around the corner, The Wiz will be right here in San Francisco at Broadway SF's Golden Gate Theater. KCBS radio reporter Megan Goldsby had the chance to sit down and chat with a few of the very well-known folks bringing the story to life across the country. Wayne Brady, who will portray The Wiz, lead producer Brian Moreland, and comedian Amber Ruffin, who wrote additional materials for this run. Here's Megan's conversation with the lively trio at Golden Gate Theater.
3: Hi, I'm Brian Anthony Moreland.
1: Hi, my
4: name
5: is Amber Ruffin.
3: Hi, I'm Wayne Brady.
5: I want to ask about this amazing production. Hmm. Looking at the list of people, what does that much talent bring to a show like this?
2: everything it is a it is a a convening of cultures and ideas and it's the most insane talent that i've ever seen combined in one location
5: why was it important for you to be a part of bringing this back especially 50 years after it premiered, 40 years since
2: it's been on Broadway? Mm-hmm. You're absolutely correct. Right. First time on Broadway back in 1975 premiered back in Baltimore in 1974. So it is the 50th anniversary of The Wiz, 40 years since it's been on Broadway. It's really important for, for the culture, for the legacy of of The Wiz. It's important for um, American musical theater, like the canon of American musical theater is missing this particular type of musical, this particular type of joy, this particular type of voices and and song and pageantry and words.
5: The the songs are so beautiful and the mm. joy is such an important part of it. Uh, I know the political part of it was important too when it came out. I how, and we want to talk about how we updated it, but... Uh, Why is it important for it to come out in this time when we look at it that way?
2: I think people are leaning into stories like this. They're leaning into the differences, you know. Um, I think it's through our differences that we find universality. I mean, yes, The Wiz is a story told through um, all Black people, but it's a story that's universal for everyone. Everyone has a story of home. Everyone has a story of friendship, of family, of love, of loss, trying to find their own individual place in the world. And so I think right now we need more joy. We need more individuality individuals who are seeking places um, to find friendship and family. And I think that's what makes it so special right now.
5: The updating, I mean, updating maybe is the wrong word, the adding additional materials. How do you look at a challenge like that when you have something that's so beloved by people to bring it into this um, decade?
4: Right. I mean, I think the way we ingest art has changed. Like, you know, it used to be, everything had to be, um, a through-the-white-lens version of anything. So then now people can tell when that's the case and it makes um, things seem uh, less genuine, right? So I think we just took the Wiz and we shifted it to, you know, for us, bias. us. And uh, in doing that, we just had to, you know, honor what it was, right? Because the Wiz did a butt ton for like each one of these people. So you really want to serve it so that it can do what it did for you for children of today. So that's, you know, I hope that what we did is not update it, but that we made it timeless, you know, so that it has no time.
5: I love that. And you do you, you add a lot of
4: humor, I assume. No, I, I, this, we took a dramatic look <laughs> at, no, there is, I hopefully, so <laughs> Like, how much violence can we get? Um, no. <laughs> no, we hopefully threw a few jokes in there.
3: I want a yes and, Amber, because I loved your answer, what you just said. And 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 from, from the perspective of, A, a fan of The Wiz, watching the movie as a kid, watching the actual show as a child, and now being a part of this, it's not an updating. It's an extending of the message because The Wiz itself— by it existing in 1975, it made a statement because it wasn't the Wizard of Oz. It it already stepped into a place of, of hey, this is a story that you guys know, but now it's with people that look like us. And it's not to be divisive. That's the thing that I think that as soon as someone, that, that there's a very special person in this country that when they hear um, inclusion, they hear, oh, well, that's not for me. Well, no, silly. By the actual definition of inclusion it's just we are included in the story and the conversation we are in and so and and so that's what's amazing about the wiz is this is a universal story but it just happens to to have a cast that looks like this singing these amazing songs but everyone no matter what you look like can tap into this and amber's words are just Make it—it's—it's it's just that icing because it brings it up to date, and makes it a little more accessible to to the uh, younger kids, and and they can come and enjoy it. And I'm done.
5: <laughs> oh, thank you for not dropping the mic. I mean, you can't
3: no, ever. no, in my head I did, and the feedback is so dope. <laughs>
5: um, why do you think it's taken so long for anyone who wants to take this for it to come back to Broadway? Or do you think people were? intimidated by the fact that it's such a power at the beginning and didn't want to try to mess with that. It's now the right time. Maybe that's not a long time. You all know Broadway better than I do. It seems like a long time for something to come back when I see Phantom of the Opera come back every few moments.
3: Well, I think you almost just answered your question. In a way, you almost answered your question. Some stories... Our beloved, and of course, I'll let the, the, the producers speak, speak on this more, but once again, as a fan and as someone who has auditioned for things and grown up watching mu- mu- musical theater, certain stories, oh my God, I can't wait to watch Le Mis again. And there's a cycle of American stories because musical theater is a uniquely American beast. So we recycle these very classic American stories. So until stories like The Wiz, which with casts like this can be inserted into the classical canon in this merry-go-round of these shows that we have to see iterations of every seven years. That's what we're shooting for. So I don't know why it hasn't been done, but I would just say because it isn't. Uh, insert oh, Oklahoma. Um, insert in a a good old Amer- American classic to two people's minds.
2: I want to piggyback on that. I watched The Wiz every holiday season. My, my my mom would turn on Diana Ross and we would ease on down the road. You know, it's a, it's a thing. It's it's in that canon um, for for families, but it took so long many people have tried. There have been many iterations of The Wiz that have have tried to come to Broadway and try to get back out on the road. And um, a lot of them were missing something in the fabric uh, or the DNA of the piece. And the estate said yes to this production because of Amber's voice, because of Shelley Williams, who's our director, her vision. They said yes to it because of that, because of what they saw could be. And then the estate said yes, and we were able to get the permission to bring it forward.
4: Mm. No pressure. <laughs> That's amazing. I mean there is oh wait. There is a lot of pressure, but then there is also zero pressure. It's both because you absolutely adore the whiz. Everyone does, so you better not mess it up. But also you absolutely adore the whiz. The worst version of the whiz you saw when you saw the high school down the street perform it like 20 years ago was great. You know what I mean? So You just love it so much that you um, find moments in there that just uh, uh, blow your mind in every iteration of The Wiz you've ever seen. You know, so I think, like, there is pressure, but it's also, like, it's the most joyous thing on earth. You know, you get in there and you feel good, and then, you know, once you're happy, everyone starts to you know enjoy the peace as like one big unit of joy so if we you know feel like you know when you feel that pressure along with it is also this massive joy
1: we'll be right back here on kcbs radio's bay current
0: Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time, baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution, subscribe, and soak in. Baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.
5: And I want to ask about um, San Francisco and pre, uh, things that are going to Broadway starting here. I don't know if anyone feels like they could talk about that, but what do you learn when you open somewhere else and then move to Broadway first, how much changes? And is there any special place that San Francisco has for any of your experiences in starting something and then going to Broadway? Very San Francisco specifically.
4: I think people are very, I think it is very cool to start on tour because you work all the kinks out, right? Because New York audience is only going to be that kind of audience. Oddly, New York, you know, is also like made up of everyone. So you really get sharpened by each city you're in and what's left over by the time you're done, hopefully, is the best version of your interpretation of the show.
5: I can imagine a performance changing as you go from place to place. Do you change the words as you move? Yeah, man, I would change the words every I, I would
4: change it every time I saw it if I could. You just can't help it as a writer. But no, we've lacked it in. We changed it quite a bit up until... very regional and where- specific show. The first oh, show that yeah. That show is- and when we do Des Moines, we're going to be like, Omaha sucks, right? <laughs> <laughs> right, Wiz? Uh, <laughs> yeah, no.
3: That would be hilarious, <laughs> right? That actually would make me laugh to be the first show where, like, wherever you go, you could throw oh, in God. certain things.
5: Yeah, I love that. How much a performance changes when you've done something uh, before it goes to Broadway. Is it If people come and see it here and then they go and see it in Broadway. I mean, will they could they notice of course every show is different. But what do you change? Well,
3: you know, I don't think unless there are massive changes and the cool thing is having done a ton of theater. This is my first time with a show that has been on the road that that is going to Broadway. I've always just gone right to the thing. And so and, and so I haven't shush you. <laughs> So I haven't gotten a chance to experience this. This is such a cool, cool piece of it. But I would just say that from me seeing shows, unless there are major changes that have to happen, but with songs or something in this act. And, and, and by the time that we get to San Francisco and, and I join the cast, I mean, the machinery would have already been at place. So I don't know. There may be changes, but I would think that by the time that you are where we are in January, that's the show. The only thing that gets better is the cast because they're doing the reps. Everybody's doing the reps. And that's, and that's the cool thing about the tour because each city is going to get an amazing show, giving it everything. But ultimately, the goal is Broadway when you get there. And so by the time that you get there, you are sharpened, you are honed, you have a family that is with you on stage, everybody's locked in, and and you're ready to roll. And
5: while you have the mic, I wanna ask about your role in particular.
3: It's so weird that they made the choice of casting me as Dorothy, I, and I wanna commend <laughs> Brian for for being, being a, he's, he's like, you can do it, Wayne,
4: like, uh, I don't
3: know. So, so no, um, yeah, yes, I'm the whiz. So if you're listening and you're freaking out, no, I'm the whiz.
5: The man behind the curtain aspect of it as mm-hmm. such an entertainer. Do you, do you find any, a foothold in that?
3: Oh, absolutely. Uh, I think that a lot of people have grown up watching the movie. So when, so when I say, oh, I'm playing the whiz, they're, they're super excited, but like, oh, he's got songs and so no, you, you, you have to see the show to understand. But I do love the fact that it is the man behind the mirror. It is um, this this thing of this guy living his life, playing this role, playing it so well that he's gotten a whole town full of these people from a different dimension to do his bidding when all he wants to do at the end of the day is is go home. And the thing that really attracted me to the role when, when Shelley talked to me about doing it was the fact that you can see somebody who the whiz is all glossy and shiny, I like to play someone who is glossy and shiny. But then, when you look around the back of the character, you see the tape holding it together and the screws. Because no one is perfect like like that. You're always going to to get a richer story when it's the person trying their hardest to hold everything together. And I think we all can 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 feel that. That we all are like, oh, everything's great. Mm-hmm. So so that's what re- really attracts me to it. And I get two amazing numbers and I get to follow in the footsteps of Andre DeShields. So that, that makes me happy.
5: Yeah, that's so all of us holding it together a tape. I love that so much. Um and then I guess I'll give you the last word, Brian. Let's tell people Uh-oh. why they should why they should
2: come. Because it's fun. You should come to the show because it's fun. And you should see the show at least two times the first time you come it's going to be a visual feast you're not going to know where to look you're going to miss you're going to miss some of the jokes you're going to some of the music's going to wash over you you're going to fall in love with one person and, and try to move follow that person throughout the entire show so you got to see the second time so then you can zero in and really pick up on every single joke and every single bit every single costume change every single nuance and then hear that song that you love so much so see it twice
1: If you want to check out The Wiz in San Francisco, head to broadwaysf.com. Special thanks to KCBS Radio's Megan Goldsby for taking one for the team by hanging out with the Wiz stars and making them laugh. Bay Current is a production of KCBS Radio. For more Bay Area stories, subscribe to Bay Current on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts.